0: Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world. So if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. My kids are starting school next week, about mid-August, 2018, when I'm recording this. So we are all in back-to-school mode. This week, I do want to tell you that you can get a free hypnosis file to decrease fear and anxiety if you join the newsletter over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. We talk quite a bit about anxiety in this episode, actually. So I thought I would give you the reminder here at the beginning. This week I'm interviewing Mariana Matthews and she's been doing show hypnosis for a number of years and we're going to find out all kinds of interesting things about her, some of her background and how she got started, her first experience with hypnosis herself, as well as a wonderful tip about how to break that anxiety cycle. Now, we did lose connection near the end of the interview, so the ending is a little bit awkward, but I did a little bit of editing, and hopefully you'll get to hear what you need to hear, which is how to contact her and how to work with her. That will also be in the show notes, of course. So let's jump in. Hi, Mariana. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast.
1: Hello, Dr. Elizabeth. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Wonderful. I'm happy to have you here. So let's jump in with the question that I ask most of my guests, which is what was your very first experience with hypnosis?
1: Uh, Like so many other people, I was introduced to hypnosis via a comedy stage show. uh, And it it was many years ago, probably about 30 years ago. And I was on vacation in Reno. Mm Mm-hmm unbeknownst to me, the entertainer was a female icon, Pat Collins. Uh, And at that time, I had no idea that I was witnessing one of the best females uh, stage hypnotists in history, actually.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and I I just loved it. I loved her show. I actually laughed till I cried. And uh, I turned around to the person I was with and I said, you know, someday I want to do that. Um, And again, that was about Thirty years ago wow yeah and so I I was always fascinated with the mind and how it works and I had taken every psych class in college that I could uh, Mm. but life went by and I forgot about my dream and instead I started raising kids and did 17 years in law enforcement and Mm. uh, really yeah and then moved to Maui and was the director of the Red Cross there Mm. uh, about 10 years ago so yeah so what did you do in law enforcement? Actually, I worked um, for 10 years Seattle Police Department, mainly in the traffic division. Wow. And Snohomish County Sheriff's Office, as a crime prevention officer and um, community service officer. So I'm always working with people and, and uh, doing the best I could to help folks. So, yeah, I, I loved what I did then, but I love what I do now even more.
0: Uh-huh. But I imagine that gave you some... Um, a couple of things, like you see all kinds of human behavior working for the police department, right? And then also being able to
1: read people. Um, I think uh-huh. that's a lot uh, being able to, uh, you know, really focus on uh, on movements and on speech and all the nonverbal[s] besides the verba[l]s, and and that's helped me with with everything that I do that uh, has to do with career and hypnosis.
0: I bet, I bet, and I well, I know the like crime prevention officers around here. There, a lot of that is education, like speaking to the public. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: I uh, I did a lot of that, including things like, oh you know, gosh, um, you know, when uh, the registered sexual offender release program having to go out into the community and and uh, let people know that. So uh, it was kind of a uh, emotional. Type meetings, so being able to help to um, to explain to things to people to help them, so they weren't so afraid, um, mm-hmm. and teach them skills. So that part of it too, as far as teaching skills, uh, and and just all the things of personal safety. And actually, uh, I taught in the personal safety realm. Uh, we taught about different what we called zones, and now I look at them more as You know stages in hypnosis, but uh, we call them red zones and black zones and yellow zones.
0: Uh, What do you mean by zones? uh, Like when we're talking about personal safety, Mm -hmm. talking
1: about where people are, in which zone, and we used colors, uh, where people are in different circumstances, and what is the safest and best zone to be in, depending on where you're at. So, um, you know, being in a, a yellow zone, a high alert, being aware of your surroundings. I guess that's what I want to say, and not so focused into your book when you are waiting for a bus say, to come by. Because as you do that, other people that see you realize that you're not paying attention, and you become uh, an easier target uh, for crime. So those type of things are, or when it, you know, when it's okay to go ahead and just relax. And get to uh, the other zones once you get home, and how good that is for you. So yeah, um, and following your gut instinct. Um, Fascinating thing was following, teaching people to once again listen to their bodies, be mindful uh, that as children, we teach them um, to to listen to their body. One of the things I do with with uh, children in safety is uh, we'd say things like, uh, I have this camera, I'm going to take a picture of you, and I want you all to come back later. Without your clothes on, I'm going to take a picture of you. And they'd all go, oh, uh, uh And we'd say, well, how did that feel? Where do you feel that within your body? And they'd say, you know, in their stomach or their head. And I would explain that that was their body siren telling them that something's wrong and that we need to do that. But for some reason, as we get older and become adults, we we forget about listening to our body siren, even though uh, those things still happen. As far as your your body telling you that something is wrong or something is right, but we seem to just poo poo that away, and uh, and that's when we start to have some problems.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it reminded me I did a lot of sexual abuse prevention with my own children, and also with. Women that I would teach, I taught prenatal yoga for a really long time, and that was part of what I would teach. Part of my teaching is how do you keep your children safe? For years, I had these magnets that I actually printed up the body safety rules, and oh. that was that was one of them. Nobody's allowed to take pictures of my body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would always get a reaction,
1: of course. It would always get a reaction. But when I would explain to them that that's a siren and it's their body siren, and it's the same thing uh, in law enforcement. So many many times after the fact, you know, someone's car would be broken into or their house would be, uh, you know, broken into while they were there. And they'd say, yeah, I was laying in bed and I thought to myself, gosh, did I lock the door? Did I lock the car door? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we, we don't follow through with that. We say, "Oh, that's just silly," and then they go back to sleep, and they wake up in the morning, and their car's been broken into. So it's that body alarm, and it's that you know. And what is that body alarm? Is it the subconscious saying, you know, maybe better do that? There's something you know, something amiss here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a matter of retraining and reteaching and reminding people.
0: Yeah.
1: Again, there's a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities.
0: Absolutely. I imagine a lot of that experience helped with your director position, you said, of the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. So you're going into crisis situations, correct? Exactly. Exactly.
1: And some are real, some are maybe, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's a possibility. Uh, some are not necessarily imagined but we do get those we did get those folks that would imagine the worst and and then it becomes uh it, we didn't take care of it or help them to take care of those things in their imaginations uh may make things much worse than they really were so yes absolutely um i, I think it's in all walks of life but i i was lucky that all the things that I did in my past were things that helped me now with my future and with my career that I have now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when did you decide to become a stage hypnotist?
1: Yes. Well, about, um, 10 years ago, uh, when I was still living in Maui, my, my daughter, my youngest uh, was ill and I moved back to the mainland so I could be closer to her. And luckily, she's fine now. So I'm going to throw that in there.
0: Um, thank you. But, yeah.
1: yes, but she was on bed rest. Uh, she was pregnant and on bed rest mm. for almost nine months. So yeah, I was here helping her. She had uh, she actually had cancer, um, but they couldn't do anything because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah. You know, so, so of course, I had to move back, yeah. and the baby too, so that you know that too. So I came back and she had bed rest. I helped her as much as I could, but I also needed something more to do. And I thought, well, what am I going to do while I'm here? Mm -hmm. Until these babies are born, it's what I thought, or this baby. And a catalog came in the mail from a local college. And there was a course, an intro into hypnotherapy. Mm. I thought, what is that? Because I really didn't know what hypnotherapy was. Uh, I knew what a stage hypnotist was, but not really hypnotherapy. So I went to this intro class, loved it, ended up going two years to the community college and, and getting certified. But also my instructor was a entertainer. So I went to see him at a local casino when he was performing stage hypnosis. And as I was watching him, it all came flooding back to me. It was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, yes, that's it. That's what I've always wanted to do. So uh, I took some classes with him. Mm-hmm. And I realized I needed to do more and wanted to be the best I could be. So I uh, did research and realized, number one, there are very few professional female stage hypnotists. So that yes. was exciting me. Yeah. Um, and especially since I've worked in so many male-dominated feels that this this was okay, this was a good thing. True, so, <laughs> that's true, yeah. So I, I discovered that Las Vegas was a place I needed to go, and that's where most of the best of the best and the best of the classes were, and I've been doing that ever since. Um, I actually am also the volunteer coordinator for hypno thoughts um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's...
0: I am familiar with HypnoThoughts, but why don't you tell the listeners what it is?
1: Okay, HypnoThoughts is, I believe, the largest hypnosis conference, I think, in the world, actually. We're up to, I believe, close to 1,000 people this year.
0: Wow, that is big. I didn't realize it was that big. Yes. Last Mm. year, we had about 800.
1: Mm. I am actually the volunteer coordinator for that event, and I worked... Uh, Stephanie who is the administrator so yeah it's, a, it's an exciting thing and I get to meet lots of people and there are so many wonderful classes and courses that go on there the most difficult thing to do is to try to you know pick out which class or training you're going to go to while you're there because once you pay your money you've got three days of unbelievable classes from instructors from all over the world so that's that's what hypnothoughts is it'll be in August Mm-hmm. Uh, in Las Vegas at the Orleans, so hopefully uh, we 'll see some of the listeners there
0: yeah and i've I followed it for years i 've never been able to attend myself, but it does have really incredible people giving classes and instruction yes.
1: everything to do with hypnosis, so every type of hypnotherapy you can think of um, specialized things, everything from you know working with cancer clients to Oh, my gosh, just about everything. And there's also stage, um, classes for stage and training. So, yeah, it's three days of training and then lots of fun in the evening connecting and networking with uh, people from all over the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. So then you took a lot of classes in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you came home from Las Vegas, right, and started performing? Yes. Yes. Yes,
1: I consider myself an ambassador for hypnosis of all kinds. Uh-huh. What I discovered is that after every hypnosis hypnosis show that I do, that I always have people come up to me asking me, "Can I help them with this or with that? With stop smoking or with you know all the different things that get, that people ask help for mm-hmm. uh, as far as hypnotherapy? So what I usually do because I do mainly stage, even though I I can do uh, therapy work, is I then will refer them to whoever I know is the best in the area.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I also belong to, are you part of the hypnotic women group?
0: Oh, no, I'm not part of the hypnotic women group. Oh, my gosh, Uh, we need to get you part of that. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Yeah, it sounds wonderful.
1: Book group for women in hypnosis of all kinds, mm. and it's probably one of the most supportive, um, gosh, informational and friendly. Uh, sites that you can go to and belong to mm-hmm. and uh, gosh it's it's fantastic absolutely fantastic so I'm not sure how I got onto that but um there are a lot of the women that belong to that we meet at hypnothots so you talk to them or seeing them online for maybe years and never actually got to meet and so then when we get there then we meet them and i believe that group also it's it is international and that group is probably
0: about I'm going to I'm going to guess a thousand women wow again huge group so when did you start performing
1: I started performing right away so 10 years ago okay when I first did my my state show I thought okay what am I going to do and how am I going to get clients because of course that's probably the most difficult part the marketing and I have to admit I'm not the best in marketing mm-hmm. uh So I looked through the newspaper, and I saw that one of the local high schools, that the person, the the adult that was a treasurer for the, I believe it was the French club or something, they had been um, raising money so they could all go to France and do something there, and she had stolen the money. Oh, no, (laughs) that's awful. Yeah, there were all these kids that, you know, so disappointed, of course um yeah so I, so I contacted them and it's a local school uh nearby and so I said this is who I am I don't have money that I can give you but what I can do is I'll offer to do a show as a fundraiser uh for you if that's what you'd like just I need some place to do it a venue mm-hmm. and I'll come and do the performance and so that was my very first performance I ever did and it turned out really well. They made money. Of course, they were appreciative, and I felt good because I was using what I knew for a super good cause. So
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds wonderful.
1: One of the things I do with my shows is at towards the end of the show, I do a little bit of what I call a mind gift, and I know there's some other stage people that do the same thing, but since... The Volunteers are already usually in a, a, a deep trance. Uh, it's a good time to go ahead and help them to do something positive, to change something positive for the positive in their life. So, give them that opportunity. We do that, but at the same time, we're bringing this whole thing back full circle that yes, this is a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to see people and to laugh, but also, this is what hypnosis can do to help anybody.
0: Mm, Wonderful. So how do you explain the difference to people between comedy hypnosis show or just a hypnosis show versus a therapeutic setting?
1: Well, I tell them, number one, uh, usually with a therapy session, it's one-on-one. People are coming for a particular issue that they'd like help with where a show is about having fun. It's about relaxing. It's about showing how incredible the mind is and how amazing and the different things that can happen. And, and if I can help guide you or, or any stage because can guide you to do those things that you do when you are there, the therapy... Is a great option for those that, that need that or want that. That's mainly what I tell people or teach them. And also the other thing I find is once they've gone to a show, you make them into true believers. People that are skeptical or afraid. They realize, you know, it's nothing to be afraid of. But you know, well, how
0: do you how do you teach them that it's nothing to be afraid of? Because I've actually had people approach me that have been to a show yeah. that they have either or reaction. So I yes. was actually getting a massage one time and the massage therapist who I had, this is my first time to her, right. said, oh my God, I went to a comedy. She didn't say comedy. She said, I went to a hypnosis show and that is so freaky. Like she, she was like scared after the show. Well, you know, I think it depends
1: on, on a few things. One, it depends on um, the entertainer or the the hypnotist and okay. what I do family-friendly shows, number one. Mm-hmm. I blame to them at the very beginning that it's not magic, it's not voodoo, and you will not do anything that's against your will, uh, that I take really good care of those that are there. So it's it's those type of things. And also, usually they, they talk to the people afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they, too, again, will reinforce that it's nothing to be afraid of. And after almost every show, I also have people that run up to me and say, when are you doing this again? Because I wish I would have gone up there
0: now that it did see. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah, I had a, um, it's actually my ex-husband's cousin, one of his cousins, we were talking one day and he said, hypnosis is so powerful. Like I was sitting in an audience and he went with his mother and he said, I'm guessing the hypnotist did an audience kind of thing so that everybody sure. was participating but he said yes uh-huh yeah he said you know my mother would have never done that she had she had done something silly or something like that and so he said i'm a true believer right like that was his reaction exactly exactly so yes i uh,
1: again i i feel like i'm an ambassador and those that are still a little bit afraid, because I do my best to create rapport, they can come up to me and I, I tell people after that they can come up to me afterwards with any questions or concerns they have. And we, we discuss it and we talk about it. I am just so excited to be in this profession as far as hypnotherapy, hyp, hypnosis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it as well. In
1: this day and age, because there's there's so much proof that it's real and that
0: it works. Oh, yeah, well. absolutely. There's so much research on it. Yes. Yeah, so so it, it's exciting, and I love to excite others about
1: it. So those people that come up that start out as skeptical, and once we've talked and once we've you know do, done a few things and see the excitement in their eyes and uh, they want to know more, I it just think that's a, a good thing, a win-win all the way around.
0: Yes, absolutely. It is a win-win. So, personally, have you been hypnotized? I have. I have been hypnotized a few times. Uh, Can you talk about your first experience with that? One of my
1: first experiences actually was I uh, was in a. Um, actually, now that I think of it, and I'm going back, I actually, when I was working for the Seattle Police Department, there was someone who um, had a knife and. Uh, came after me and I was on my radio and asking for backup and nothing was happening and didn't realize that my radio was dead. Mm. I could hear them. They couldn't hear me. And it all ended up fine. And it ended up that the gentleman, the gentleman, the, uh, the, the male uh, had just gotten out of Western state mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And he had, he actually still had his bracelet on, but he was just, he wasn't going to hurt me, but I didn't realize it at the time. He just wanted to go back to the hospital. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right? But even though I know that, I still had trouble sleeping for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and I was angry with myself, or um, not necessarily angry, but just uh, feeling irritated with myself that 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 was bothering me Mm -hmm. so i did go to the department psychologist and i said this is this is what's going on i don't know why and i need to stop this because i know so uh, he did hypnotize me we went through some scenarios i do remember that and you know worst case scenario what could happen best case scenario and what i've done you know would i do anything different um which I would not, it all was good. And where was this guy coming from uh, as far as mentally, where he was coming from and mentally, how did I handle that? And after after that session, I I was fine. I was fine. It didn't bother me anymore. I was able to sleep. uh, So that was good. And then one other time I was rear-ended and in a car accident where after that, for and I was at a stoplight. I was in a, 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 it was completely, and I was in, and I was in a police car, uh-huh. which wasn't good for that other person, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: But after that, for some reason, every time that I would stop at a stoplight, I would just stare into my rearview mirror, my hands would get all sweaty, I'd feel my heart racing, and I, I, I realized what panic felt like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, um, it was one of those things where I wasn't sure what to do, but I didn't like feeling that way. But it seemed like I just couldn't stop it from happening, and so I did. Uh, I did get hypnotized, but I also now and it, and it helped. But what I realize now, there's a uh, hypnotherapist by the name of Roger Moore that I absolutely love from our area.
0: He was actually on the podcast. Is it okay? Well, yeah, one of th- yeah. I interviewed him. I don't remember the episode, but I'll I'll put it in the show notes for the listeners in case they okay. want to listen to his. Okay.
1: Well, one of the things that uh, I was in a class that he was teaching, and we were they were teaching about mindfulness, and and uh, one of the things that I that I am uh, very into is laughter. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that we've forgotten how to laugh, most of us, but also that if we step into that laughter, it allows us to uh, to lighten up and to relax. So one of the things he says to do, and now I do this even when I'm in a car and there's something frustrating to me, whether I'm sitting in traffic or whatever it is, I wiggle my toes, wiggle my fingers, wiggle my butt, and that's the part that's important, he says. <laughs> yeah three deep breaths, and I smile. And honestly, I feel so much better. And it doesn't matter where you are, you can do that. So that's something that I also teach others. Uh, And it's so easy and simple, right? But it's It brings a smile on your face. I don't even, when I get to the part of wiggle my butt, Uh um, I don't even have to do the three deep breaths yet. And I automatically get a huge smile on my face when I get to that part. So no matter what it is that's bothering me, that works.
0: Yes. That's a great tip for listeners, actually. Absolutely. And I'm imagining what it does is it breaks that anxiety cycle. That's what it's doing. Exactly.
1: And I tell people you can do it when you're in a grocery store, you can do it. But if you don't want to wiggle your butt because you don't want everybody, the person in line behind you to see you doing that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and just, just squeeze a couple times and it'll be just fine. Take <laughs> <laughs> your three deep breaths and smile. And
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. You can ask so them to wiggle their back. butt, right? But well, you might get arrested if you do that. <laughs> Depends if,
1: if if you like the person, you know what the person looks like behind you, I guess, or what moves
0: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. It all depends. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. so that's my tip. Uh
1: it's not mine, it's Roger's. But I, I just love that. I absolutely love it. It's, it's so easy, it's fun, it puts a smile on your face and makes you forget about everything. It breaks
0: yeah. yes. Yeah. It's I had a car accident one point after my first daughter was born. She was only two weeks old. And I was at a stoplight as well and was hit from behind in the rain and like pushed into the next car. And I remember at the time I actually was not an anxiety specialist and I wasn't practicing therapy and I hadn't been trained in hypnosis, but for months afterwards, every time it rained, I had to pull over. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't drive in the rain. So at the time I had to call my ex-husband who's married to and he would talk me down and then I would wait for it to stop some but eventually he said you have to drive in the rain like you have to get back on the road you know but he would talk me through that so I completely understand that feeling of anxiety and panic I know now as an anxiety specialist that the best thing I could have done is start driving in the rain again. But it's so terrifying when you're in it, or it's so terrifying when you're at that stoplight and you're like, "How do I break this?" Yes. So hypnosis is a wonderful way to do that, absolutely. Or wiggling your toes and fingers <laughs> in your butt too. Like I can absolutely see it working, yep. right? Because you can't be in anxiety when you're laughing. It's exactly. pretty hard. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love about
1: being a stage hypnotist is it doesn't matter if it's my volunteers that I have up on stage or if it's the audience, if I can have people laugh and feel good and relax even for one hour and forget about all their problems and all their troubles and everything else that there's going on in life that I've done my job that, uh, you know, it makes me feel good that they leave laughing, feeling good, smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those interesting things. That's uh yeah, it's good. I love what I
0: do. Yeah. So I think it's, I find it's more common for someone to be trained in stage and comedy and this type of thing, and then get some certification in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. But your path is like, no, you got all this training in hypnotherapy and hypnosis, and then went on stage. So at some point, did you get stage training as well?
1: Well, I get yes, that when I went to, to um, Vegas, it was stage training okay. and, uh, uh, that I've taken. Mark Savard, who is a, um, a headliner mm-hmm. in Vegas at uh, Planet Hollywood. He's been doing it for years and years. I trained with him. Uh, I've trained with, oh gosh, I, I can't even count on all my fingers how many different people I've trained with because I think there's always something you can learn, mm-hmm. so when I say stage, you say stage. Whether it's how to put everything together, how to um, do routines, the safety part of it. Um, there's there's a lot of different aspects and different things that you need to be able to do. Um, the ethics, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Having having that hypnotherapy background, I think every stage person should also have hypnotherapy, because no matter what, even though we're telling people, you're not going to do anything you don't want to do, you know, there's also always a possibility of possibly having an ab reaction or having something like that and knowing what to do if that
0: happens. Yes. And for listeners who don't know what an ab reaction is, I'm just going to put it in very simple terms. It's when someone has a a very negative reaction under hypnosis. Mm
1: -hmm. It doesn't happen very often at all. But, uh, but it it, it does once in a while, if I just really quickly, uh, one last thing, and that is speaking of reactions at that very first show I did for that high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my back to my volunteers was looking at my audience and then I did i I'd done a car routine where, um, they had all been stopped by the police. And next thing I know, I hear everyone kind of ooling and on and I turn around and I see a young gal and she's on the ground behind her chair, kind of laid out on her stomach. And I, I thought to myself, Oh no, this is an ab reaction. So I'm walking as if nothing's wrong because I don't want my audience to be panicked. Uh-huh. And I walk around and I go over to her and I realize it's not an ad reaction. Well it kind of was she, what it was is she was trying to get away from the police. She was coming away from the police. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, that was that was that. I was able to take care of it. I actually did uh, did a couple things, but I did use a phrase that we use usually for an ad reaction. Um, in besides everything else that I did, and I had to laugh to myself afterwards uh, when I realized what it was that was really mm-hmm. happening. So yes,
0: yeah. So yeah, that one sounds like it turned out okay. But sometimes what happens Absolutely. is that people will go into a traumatic memory and start re-experiencing it, something like that. So, yeah, I agree with you that if you're doing any kind of hypnosis, then you should have the training behind it. But I think particularly if you're going into what we call a clinical setting, a therapeutic setting in someone's office, you absolutely want someone who's trained and, and well-trained and certified in how to handle anything that may come up under hypnosis. Who has been the biggest influence on your hypnosis career?
1: Um, well, my idol, Pat Collins, number one. Mm-hmm. And then I have two other people. Well, actually, more than than the, that. But uh, for hypnotherapy, uh, Richard Nongard is a good friend. And he, you know, I go to him. He's my go-to. And also Kelly Woods, as far as hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the stage, I've worked together um, with Catherine Hicklin at many uh, fairs and she's a very good friend. Um, and I think we've kind of grown together in the stage, uh, stage hypnosis business. So those are those would be my, my the people that I look up to the most.
0: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So we are coming to the end of our time. Can you please tell people how to find you if they'd like to have you do a show or they'd like to work with you in some capacity?
1: Absolutely. Uh, my website is batladyhypnotist.com or my Facebook, uh, Bat Lady Mariana Matthews.
0: Hey, wonderful wonderful and but i will put the website and the facebook page in the show notes so that listeners can easily go and visit mariana and see what kind of work she's doing and how to find her so thank you so much for being here
1: you're very welcome and hope to meet you in person
0: someday